0: hey all you folks who buy stuff for your organization your jobs are about to change hi everybody i'm bob bowman managing editor of supply chain brain and this is the supply chain brain podcast Procurement function has long been an essential part of global supply chains, but it hasn't gotten a lot of respect. If top execs pay any attention to it at all, it's to demand constant cuts on the cost of materials and services. Nowadays, though, procurement professionals are turning into more than bean counters. They're becoming essential partners in company-wide efforts to streamline supply chains, forge better relations with suppliers, and manage the risk of disruption or failure in the chain. My guest today is Kai Noisell, Managing Director in Charge of the Sourcing and Procurement Practice at Accenture. He believes procurement is in for a radical transformation within the next five to seven years. Get ready for the arrival of digital platforms, analytics, and the industrial Internet of Things, the last of which, according to Noisell, promises to transform fundamental procurement processes almost beyond recognition. Those are his words, by the way. So let's listen to my conversation with Kai Noisell. Kai Nohacel, welcome to the program.
1: Hey, Bob. Nice meeting you.
0: First of all, I want to just make sure I know exactly what we're talking about here. Sometimes people interchange or confuse the terms strategic sourcing, sourcing, procurement. Sometimes they refer to different things and procuring different things for the organization. So what do you mean when you say procurement? Do you mean the whole universe of materials uh, that a company might need, or are you talking more specifically about one specific type of procurement?
1: that's a very interesting question. And for somebody like me, who is who's not native, but has, has worked now also for uh, procurement functions in the UK, I know that there's always some sort of confusion between what does purchasing mean? What does procurement mean? And then I think we all using this, this word of sourcing to try to, to overcome that. So that's also why Uh, we quite often refer to a discussion when we talk about sourcing and procurement as a practice. We really mean the holistic view. So when we talk about sourcing and procurement, I think we are talking to an end-to-end role, a function plays in the value creation of a company, while sourcing really means the way you basically strategically put your money into the market. And procurement is really in, in the nomenclature, how I using it is more like how do you ensure that every process is adhered to, that you're acting compliant to your contracts, to your supplier arrangements, and to your, to your policies and guidelines you have put in place. So I rather refer to sourcing and procurement in when I when I speak about us as a function, and I really then mean the holistic end-to-end view of it.
0: And you're also talking about raw materials, components, and the like that go into the manufacturing process, not just the purchase of, uh, of, of office paper and pens and pencils and stuff like that, which is also sometimes uh, used in a procurement sense.
1: I think you're getting into a quite interesting discussion already because for me the function that really deals with every money that is spent externally should be the sourcing and procurement function of a company. And that is investments like capital expenditures, that is raw material. This is services you buy. I think more and more services you buy from outsourcing providers. It is even things that You as a company, not buying yourself, but somebody else buys for you. I think we will talk a little bit later about the ways company open up uh, boundaries in buying jointly, and I think we have known that concept for years as consortium buying, but I think it gets to the next level. So everything that relates to external spend, and that is given to ultimately a supplier, I consider as part of the sourcing and procurement remit and and mandate to deal with, even though I, I I hate the word mandate, I have to say because mandate gets us back into that idea of procurement is the cost controlling function that needs to control the way companies behave in their external spend, and I think the times are over and we're moving more into the value-adding and business partnering role. So maybe it's not mandate it's probably not the right word. It's more the, 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 the sense of of, of being a, a function that professionally deals with commercial relations with your supply base. Let's
0: move qu- quickly past the definition stage, though. I want to get to the meat of, of your research. And I first of all I want to ask you, of course, what we're going to be talking about here is based on research that you did at Accenture Strategy, what did that research entail? Was it a survey? Was it talking to a lot of procurement officers over how long a period of time? Just tell me about where this information is coming from.
1: Yeah, that's quite interesting uh, because we have moved this time of the research, we have moved away from a questionnaire-based research because we exactly – had the challenges in the past you laid out, Bob, which is what is the right definition, and if you just the questionnaire based ask a question, uh, you never know how it was read by the the person who is answering the question, so we moved into a interview based uh, research. I personally with a professional researcher, interviewed everybody who's quoted and has contributed to that research so it's interview based all interviews were between one hour and 90 minutes and they span from chief procurement officers to chief finance officers into some sort of academia but also technology providers because we had the hypothesis at the beginning that digitalization of the function is is really an interesting play. So to answer your question, it's really interview-based. And in that interview, like you and I now doing. It's really, we tested a couple of hypotheses, questions, and understandings to really translate it into what it is right now.
0: A lot of what you did and a lot of what you've come up with on this site has to do with technology and the application of technology to the future of procurement Indeed, uh, you say that when it comes to procurement within five to seven years, we may be saying, quote, there's an app for that, unquote. And I want to drill down a little bit more into what you mean by that. But maybe why don't we start by touching on some of the specific points of your research, uh, starting with this idea that within five to seven years, digital platforms will totally transform procurement organizations. I I wonder what you mean by that. Talk a little bit more about the definition of platforms and just how that transformation is going to take place?
1: That's a quite comprehensive question. So let me try to, to take it a little bit into the into the various segments. So if we talk about platforms or if we talk to the CPOs and they lay out the, the word platform, I think we will we we are ultimately see something like three different type of platforms. We see one type of platform which is the platform of content. So how is content provided to, to, to the organization, and how do requesters in an organization find to, to get their needs fulfilled? That's one platform. The second platform, I would say, is the collaboration platform. So how do you collaborate either with your internal partners But more importantly, also, how do you work with your external partners? External partners meaning suppliers, but also other buying organizations. That's the, that's the basically the second type of platform. And the third type of platform we are seeing is the analytical platform. So the data platform where you basically Take all the conclusions, all the real time information all together into a data platform. Those are the three platforms which we believe will radically change the way the procurement organization is set up and the way you prioritize the topics you do in the procurement, in the procurement space. If I, if I take them apart, data platform or content platform is really It's not about owning the content anymore. I think, um, and and we're all getting tired in hearing all the the Amazon-like examples, but I think what will happen is the way that you are as a procurement function, the facilitator of content sources, is becoming real. You will have business rules that provide the right content. You steer the right search, but you're not necessarily statically manage that content and always be the bottleneck. That's what I see or what we really see, and it resonates in the market we really see. So it's it's like the approach of a sh- – we call it the shopping mall. So it's really something where you have perceived unlimited content – but you own the business rule that the only content you want to be displayed is really displayed.
0: you keep using the word content though Kai I want to make sure I know what we're talking about by even even as simple a word as content. The content we're talking about here are the are the is it not the details and the intelligence relating to the various suppliers that you might or not be using? Is that what you mean by that? What I mean
1: is content in regards to who are your suppliers, but also what type of products, services, materials they are providing to you. And that is for direct materials, certainly something that is also then gone through and secured through quality assurance, through the right audit trails. But in the services and indirect space, it's really access to solutions you really want to have people finding at your supply base and at even unknown supply base but you are managing the way it is found and displayed. Even more importantly you also for example take, take an example you say I only want to get services displayed from suppliers that have filed certain certifications about uh, protection of child labor, corporate social responsibilities, certain credit ratings, certain quality ratings from other buying organizations, just to give you an example. And based on that rules, you're making sure that only content is provided to your people based on the business rules you have laid out or search criteria you have laid out. Giving you an example, um, SAP's procurement organization for very easy, indirect products is allowing to connect to eBay power sellers. So the only criteria they lay out for low-value commodities in the indirect space for certain thresholds is to say... It needs to be a power seller, and their search machine is basically going to eBay's power sellers content. And if the buy, if the requester finds exactly that content, the criteria to be a power seller, which SAP relates automatically to certain quality standards, is good enough to be then uh, the people are allowed to purchase from from that type of content. So what I mean with that very very crystal clear is the content uh, the content steering or the, the, the search steering is happening through certain criteria. But SAP doesn't own any of that power seller's content. The only thing they own is uh, the search logic, how you find this type of product.
0: But where is this massive database residing that is the basis the, uh, that delivers that information when you are searching i mean does each company have its own proprietary database that it builds up of its of, of its universal suppliers or is somewhere out there in cyberspace a third party providing this whole intelligence that multiple companies can draw on
1: you call it cyberspace i call it internet <laughs> it's exactly <Okay>. that <laughs> uh, it is uh, yes you will you will still have First of all, that logic of you going through your own content, so to speak. So, for example, you would go through your first, through your own SAP or ERP system. But if you don't find it, you would, by logic of business rules, allow people to search into content provision that is not necessarily owned by you. And we see that functionality already being available in what the classical e-procurement platforms were, So they're starting to open up their content search logic much more because they feel also that they are too constrained if you just search known suppliers and known content.
0: So that is talking about the actual process of searching and locating and managing suppliers. But I wonder also, it used to be a number of years ago, the first iteration of this technology was around the idea of supplier hubs which was supposed to be the wave of the future, that suppliers would all access this central hub uh, by which they could be managed by the OEM. That, for whatever reason, did not exactly come to pass. And I'm wondering if we're going to return to that. Does the research that you're doing uncover a new iteration of the idea of collaboration via a supplier hub? Is there any technology out there that suggests that that indeed might be the direction we're going? I'm
1: not 100% certain that, the supplier hub is the concept that we will going to see. I think what we rather going to see is what I would call the marketplaces on steroids. So you would probably see a re, uh, revival of of marketplaces. I think what you refer to in the supplier hubs is rather what we will what we will see more and that is in the supplier collaboration platforms, which is the second type of platforms I see that you're starting to, to see more collaboration platforms that are also more like the thing, the LinkedIn or Facebook type of collaboration platforms versus the, the static platforms we currently have. I think that is where I would rather put the supplier hub in your logic.
0: So kind of communities, really.
1: And that right. could be innovation communities, that could be supplier communities, that could be buyer communities, all of the above, which is likely to be seen very soon, yeah.
0: Okay, before we get to the third type of platform, which I want to talk about specifically, I just want to back up and say, in the case of the first two that you've described, where are we on that curve in terms of development? Are we talking about something that is yet to come, or is there to some extent some functionality in those areas that already exist today?
1: that is why I said we, we interviewed also people in the technology space because we wanted to get a sense. If you really look a little bit into the roadmaps of certain technology players, being at the, the ones that are rather coming from an ERP space, the others that are rather coming from a content search space, others that are coming from a collaboration space two things are pretty obvious. Number 1, we will ex- we, we are expecting people or technology providers that have not been traditionally in the procurement space, they may enter that space because it's a it's a nice advancement or enhancement to their current business model. So, I'm not indicating it, but I could imagine that people like in the like Google we'll start to to also move into search engines that are more and more into the business to business environment than uh, purely in the business to consumer environment secondly there are providers that come more from the e procurement space that have really recognized that we need to open up our own networks and our own content and they really have it on the map already on their, on their technology map. So if you really, what we, what we try to picture is a little bit where are we in that curve as you, as you asked also the question. I would say the, probably the last two dots in the final technology roadmaps are still about to be developed but they're all on the roadmap. So I think three to three years is probably a realistic time frame to have those two platforms really matured.
0: I want to touch on that third platform, and I want to talk about analytics uh, briefly. I I wish we had more time, but uh, I was interested in your conclusion that uh, only 40% of companies are using analytics in procurement. That's as opposed to, say, 59% in finance and 55% in customer service. Why is the use of analytics lagging in the procurement space? I have asked
1: myself that question, and I think there are a couple of of reasons and i and i want to politically phrase it correctly therefore i'm i'm quite careful what i'm saying so number 1 i think the the world of procurement has dealt with a lot of different data sources and it took a while to find a solution to bring all these data sources to some sort of a standardization of, of data points so that they that you can relate it and it makes sense that's my first one the second one is I think traditionally procurement decisions have and that is where I'm now getting on a little bit political ground. Um, they have been very much driven by a power play in the negotiation and gut feelings And now the data points really indicating and and telling you, have you negotiated in the past well or not? And therefore, my my second hypothesis is, now the data is really providing facts about your historical performance. And last but not least, um, data in the procurement decision matrix is. complex it needs so many simulations and if when dependencies that it really needs also technical skills mathematical statistician skills in the procurement function and if you really look into the procurement function in the last three years only very very few organizations have invested into analytical capabilities because the procurement function as such has grown with relationship and negotiation skills, and now we're adding a third pyramid of skills into that function, and we see the first inroads, and that are people that like to play with data, massage data, and drive really from facts the right recommendation to the negotiation, to the decision-making, and to the risk mitigation. So I think it has been a little bit – the reason has been a little bit – that this type of skill just wasn't existing, that the data was rather complex. And now we're seeing a lot of people that see the benefit of it, and they will catch up very quickly.
0: One final point that you made I want to cover real briefly, and that is the industrial Internet of Things. You say that it will transform even the most fundamental procurement processes almost beyond recognition. Interesting, a rather extreme statement. What do you mean by that?
1: We had that discussion uh, when, when we researched, and, and a lot of people couldn't really articulate what industrial Internet of Things really means. And then we started to probe a couple of questions like Imagine a procurement function today still has plenty of people that are dealing, for example, with purchase order, good receipt notes, as very tangible examples. And now start to think about if your bill of material for a direct material is extremely well laid out, the production system, the industrial Internet of Things is basically building production systems that can assemble a product without human intervention. And the bill of material is, is assembling the product according to this bill of material. And with that, after the The goods has or the 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 product has been finished and passed quality check. You can be 100% certain that every part that was needed in the bill of material has been basically put on that product, and therefore you can assume it has been ordered and it has been good received because it is the, the, the the tool or the product is functioning, which means it is for sure built into that product. Why would you then need a purchase order? Why would you need to track a good receipt note? What we are saying is, these type of sensor technology, this type of autonomously acting production systems, will challenge a lot of things that in the procurement function has been taken as granted and is now eliminated because you can be 100% certain The good has been ordered, the good has been received. Why can you not then, after the bill of material or the product has been finished, just issue even a virtual payment to your suppliers? And with that, you're questioning parts of what has been perceived as a critical part of the procurement function. That's really what we mean with that, and that is just the starting point. One of the interviewers we had, he said, in the past we optimized the line between two dots. Now, with industrial Internet of Things, we even questioning the necessity of the two dots. <laughs> okay. That's really what we—that will go beyond.
0: Well, I think that's a great place for us to end our discussion. Unfortunately, we have to do that at this point. But Kai Noah Sell, you have guided us into some really interesting uh, observations about what the future of procurement, maybe really the quite the near future of procurement might be, especially from a technological standpoint. So, I want to thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for these insights.
1: Thank you, Bob. and I really enjoyed to share that and and it's a little bit playing with the with the unknown, but I think we will see radical shifts quickly and very soon and and that's a little bit what we left what we felt when we completed the research was really. The speed, how the function is changing, is, is, is so exciting and, and fast that we probably, even though we have written three, five, seven years, some of the things we probably have, as you said already, tomorrow. Thank you for your time.
0: That was my conversation with Kai Nohacel of Accenture, talking about big changes coming into procurement function. email me at rbowman at supplychainbrain.com. See you next time.